Welcome everyone to another episode of Church Talks. I have a friend with me that is potentially my newest friend. I think I've only <laughs> known him um I don't not even 2 weeks. Like <laughs> maybe 3. May I don't it has, no it hasn't been 3 weeks. No. Okay. I think it was just week before last. Okay. Yeah, I think time, it was, time is fine. I know. I really don't know. But this is Anwar Allen. Am I pronouncing your name right? Yeah. Anwar? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anwar Allen. And I met him in the metropolitan city of Stoneville, North Carolina at St. Francis, <laughs> <laughs> where um, both of us have actually been several times over the last few years. But uh, a couple weeks ago was the first time that we were actually there at the same time. And he met my parents first. Uh, when they were there, they, I think one of them stayed like a couple days. The other one stayed a couple days after that. And then I went and met them for lunch and they were just raving about this, this, well, first of all, it was about the shortbread and we're going to talk about that in a minute, <laughs> but, um, but they were just saying like, you've got to meet this friend. Like you got to meet this guy on And I was like, okay. Um, and I was like, his name sounds really cool. Like <laughs> that's literally, I was like, and, and he makes shortbread. Okay. So I met you, we had lunch. Uh, actually, we didn't even have lunch together. You just came over after lunch and we talked and in a matter of an hour or so of conversation, I really just felt like that as my parents had already said that you just know when God orchestrates connections Yeah. and you had done that in the you know prior two or three days with my parents and then you did that with me as well. So... Um, so Anwar, tell me like three things about you that you think that my listeners and I would would be interested to know. All right. Um, well, thank you for having me on your podcast. This is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, the name is cool. I know that it's your last name, um, but I think it's pretty <laughs> catchy. So um, thank you. Good on you. And uh, like the flow, I did listen to. The one about the baker, um, that was a cool story. Um, Sweet. And, and sort of like, um, I guess her, some of what I, I could take from her story as, as pertinent to my own walk, I guess, was I think for me, um, everything sort of happened organically. Um, and mm -hmm. I think you asked me about what's something that's cool about myself. Um, my parents are from the Caribbean um, and uh, a little bit about Laura too. Her parents or her, her grandparents are from um, Scotland uh, and her grandfather is Italian. Um, but yeah. Was Scottish. And Laura is your wife. Yeah. Laura is oh, my wife. Yeah. And, okay. and so the, the business we were in together, it's Alan Scottish shortbread. My last name is Alan because it's an English last name. Most Jamaicans have English last names. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess the interesting thing about that is that I always, I grew up in a pseudo European, um, Caribbean household in Virginia. Um, and so, um, even, even <laughs> my name it, itself, you know, has a story. My, my mom went to Howard and at that time, um, Howard was like, sort of like the black Harvard. And so um, okay. black parents were giving the kids African or Muslim names. And so my, my name means luminous shining prince. My full name is Anwar Mir Sharif. And all of us, all, all of my siblings have those types of names. 
uh if, if i go flying i'm always thinking i'm gonna get flagged um, oh gosh um, not so much anymore because things are so different now yeah but um i guess that the the way that kind of worked out for what we're doing now is i always just had a sense that we um we're a little different uh you know i grew up different uh you know i watched teenage mutant ninja turtles you know i i loved all <laughs> all this stuff you know um but it, there was still little things that would end up in our house that were a little different like we ate gouda and i ate oxtail as a kid uh, mm. uh rice you know rice and beans and plantains uh <laughs> were at every thanksgiving meal including what? yeah including collard greens and and can't you know um sweet potato pie and all wow. so it, it was a mix of everything my, my parents came here and they befriended you know people that they knew or worked with and we're in the south so um i got a little bit of southern culture in there um you know from fourth grade on i lived in stafford county virginia and stafford you know when we got a walmart everybody thought we had made it um you know <laughs> we got the super walmart <laughs> um i mean that you know that puts you on the map i guess so yeah. that's that's sort of where i grew up um shooting bb guns out in the woods um you know building forts um and i was typically the only from the outside looking in most people would think i was you know just typical black guy so i was in all the you know all my classes i was probably the only black kid in the class it was me one chinese kid usually um and you know, that, that was sort of my upbringing. Um, n not a lot of, uh, there was a lot of diversity in culture as I grew up because where we moved to Stafford County uh, was near Quantico. So you have a lot of military, FBI, DEA, CIA, just uh, Secret Service, all living on one street. Um, hmm. um, so interesting upbringing um, because they bring, you know, their own culture and um, it was the safest neighborhood, probably, you know, so uh, we're always in each other's houses. My best friend growing up is Hans Meissen, and he lives out in California now, but we went to elementary school together, middle school. Uh, he was like in a super gifted program. So he went to he got chartered to a different school in high school. But we ended up going to college together um, at UVA. Um, and that's where I met my wife. Um, so am I going? You, is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we, you may have said it, but you live in Charlottesville, Virginia now. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So from Jamaica, your parents are from Jamaica, live in, in Virginia. Jamaica and Aruba, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And I just want to like, you know, recap all of this because that was, that was a lot. Like you have such a vast array of culture in you. Um and so I, I didn't know all of that. Like, I feel like I'm going to be learning so much in this conversation, but I just want like to reiterate that you have such a broad perspective on, on life, on humanity, on cultures, on um, like socioeconomic statuses, on ethnicity, on yeah. religious uh, beliefs, on political beliefs, like, Oh yeah. Just crazy. Okay. So, so you, you meet your wife, Laura, when you're at UVA. Yeah. And I, right. I tell her the same story that I told you. Um, I would tell her, you know, basically, I I'm basically like the League of Nations. Um, not only do I have, I have a, a white, great, great grandmother. I have on my mom's side, a Chinese 
great great grandmother um and and that's all in my kids and then on my wife's side she's half italian half scottish and and i i first met her my i met her my first year um and i asked her out uh in a not so cool way um as oh, you know as cool as college kids do hey you want to <laughs> hang out you know um uh and, and this yes. was this was like circa what uh, 2004 year? uh because i graduated okay. high school in 2003 so 2004 i met her and she didn't want to have anything to do with me um <laughs> that first year um because i was a first year you know first at uva mm-hmm. we they, i guess they say first years are freshmen and and so on and so forth so second year third year and she i think she transferred in from uh a suny school uh which is um uh, it was a state university school or something like that in New York. Um, that was up, uh, what was it? Stony Brook. I think it was, um, a long okay. Island. So we, we did hang out. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'll share the testimony. It's hard to, uh, look back at it now and say, wow, I came from such a interesting, um, yeah, we, how do I put this? How do I put this? So um, is this, is this show uh, kids listening to this show? <laughs> Cause I don't know that they do, I, but okay. I, I was going to say, I'll just put it out there and I'll put like a warning for anybody listening. Yeah, like this may not crazy. be G rated, but that's yeah, fine. it's not too crazy. So okay. in college, I partied a lot. I was there to play soccer. I got cut, never played a game. Um, you know, the coaches told me basically, you know, you look way better on tape. And the truth is I was burnt out from soccer. I was burnt out on life basically at that point. Um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but, um, I was spending a lot of time, uh, partying, drinking and smoking, um, pot. Mm -hmm. And, um, obviously, you know, for some people, you know, they can work. Uh, you know, I was always envious of, of those people that could take the test right after doing, but I could not, I could not, I couldn't focus. Um, I had no drive for life or anything important really. Um, and that, that was sort of my first two or three years of school. And so I was, you know, and this, I guess this is some, where some of my background comes in. I, I could sell anything to just about anyone. Um mm-hmm. And I sold Cutco knives in high school, uh, college. So, I mean, um, I, I also sold. Um, Did you just say Cutco? Cutco knives, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, we had Cutco knives growing yeah, up. Yeah, awesome. they're the okay. best knives. Uh, they cut through pennies <laughs> and, yeah. and leather. Um, and, and so the way it, I, I was, I was basically a supplier um, for people. Yeah. Uh, um, on grounds. Um, and I did it just to support myself, um, support my habit and, um, you know, not proud of it or whatever, but I, I, I do know one time Laura said, you know, if you put as much focus as you did into this in like a real business, you could do really well, you know? <laughs> and, and, and that's sort of how it went. You know, I even had a Facebook page, I had um, this one for Facebook first came out. I mean, I don't think there were only probably 16 schools on Facebook. Um, it was right. Only open to, I guess the story goes is Mark Zuckerberg had friends at all his, at all the major Ivy league schools and major universities around the country. And so he just made a network 
just to keep him in touch with his friends and test it out there. So UVA happened to be one of them because he went to Exeter High School. And we we were friends with a guy who actually went to school with Mark Zuckerberg. So, oh, wow. um, so um, I guess the way it worked, I think it was my third year, um, I almost got busted. Um, somebody messaged me on a Facebook group that I created. Um, it was like called the Mary Jane something. I don't know. But um, I basically people I created something where people could get a hold of each other. If they needed something, they could just reach out on Facebook. And I had no clue that cops might be watching this. I mean, I was just totally like, I'm a college <laughs> kid, you know. Um, but I got a message the day before a football game saying, hey, you want to meet? And, um, you know, I need something for to party this weekend or whatever. And, um, you know, he's like, you got anything bigger, strong? You know, do you got anything? I was like, nope, just green, just organics. And so I said, I might not be able to, but let me know, you know, what you're doing around such and such time. And it seemed kind of odd the way he was kind of phrasing certain things and he was saying the word, which you don't really say. Even now, I'm, you know, I'm 30 years old. I'm kind of skittish about it, even though I know it's like everywhere. Yeah. I, I told my wife, it's like you can go to a 7-Eleven now just about. Oh, yeah. Um, but at that time, you know, people were getting expelled from school and stuff like that. So I was I was pretty careful about it. And I only, you know, I was, I was you know, I made made my customers use code and all that good stuff. Hmm. And so, you know, I go to the football game and I noticed that there's people with these headsets on these head these and I walk through and um, there's more security at the at the student section for some reason this day. Um I don't know why, but I mean, I know why now, but I get there and some guy approaches me and he looks like a college student, like a grad student maybe, but you know, looks out of place, but he says, Hey, are you the guy? Do you got anything? And I was just like, um, no, I'm good. And I actually had something on me then, but he said, I said, no, I'm good. And you know, it's so funny. I see two people with those headsets, you know, those undercover cops looking mm -hmm. at him, looking at me. And I see just a little glint of a white plastic thing kind of shine I said, that's a cop, you know, to myself. Yeah. And so I keep walking and I see another set of cops, one dog. And I said, holy crap, I think that was for me. And so at, <laughs> at that moment, I stopped doing everything just about um, that week. Also, people got busted. So um, and they get one got expelled. So and so I know that that whole time period was like, OK, God was saying something um it was like those little signs you know i and i sure. was not a christian i totally wasn't living a sanctified life or anything like that my wife and mm -hmm. i were living together i think um we were just boyfriend girlfriend then and we're in and out of relationships with each other um you know college lifestyle right so i sort of smartened up a little bit um uh, it wasn't until my third year that I got an academic suspension. So I had to take a whole year off because I kept, I didn't know that you had to maintain a certain type of GPA. I just felt, you know, I figured if I get bad grades one semester, I could pull it up the next semester, you know, that type of thing. And yeah. UVA is pretty strict about that stuff. So they want a consistent GPA. So they told, you know, cause they want, it's all about money, right? So they want, <laughs> they want at the end of the day, they want their people to graduate, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you can't graduate, then you got to get out of there because you're going to mess up the numbers essentially. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, and, you know, and, and it should be taken seriously. So I took that year off. Um, in, in that year, 
I, and I'm probably fast forwarding over a lot of stuff, but in that year I gave, you know, I stopped smoking, gave myself, you know, came to Christ. Um, my wife and I had broken up at the time. So we were like maybe, maybe six months, five, six months apart. Um, in that time she came to Christ. She found her long lost dad who wasn't really lost, but he was like 30 minutes down the road from her grandmother but they'd been estranged because it was a really bad, ugly divorce and he just couldn't um, mm. be in the picture, a lot of stuff. Um, and so she reconnects with him, you know, I think she's like 20 something and I must've been 19 and uh, 19 or 20. And so we get back together. I go up to Massachusetts. I'm like a camp. So counselor. all of this Sorry. happened before you were 20? Just about. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because okay. I'm, I'm 38 now. My daughter's 15. We've been married 16 years. So, yeah, it. it yeah, okay. <laughs> a it's lot just... has happened. OK, yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I fast forward. But that that, you know, the college. But anyways, yeah. So I think the way it worked out is what the Lord, I guess, was doing was he was, I guess, bringing us to him through some difficult circumstances. Um, that breakup was tough for me. Um, and it, it was a wake up call, uh, it compounded with the, with the, the thought that I might get kicked out of school. So, you know, I had to get my life in order. I had to straighten up, you know? Yeah. So I basically came back to school the next year married, you know, or, or, the, <laughs> or the year after that, cause we, we eloped in the woods we Heck uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we could not you know nobody in our family could could agree on a mm. date you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um nobody yeah we're like we'll take care of this exactly we and have a solution okay <laughs> yeah and it wasn't it wasn't our first thought you know it was just kind of like let's see if they, we can work this out but one night i was just like hey um let's get married you know, and she was like, well, if you can find somebody to marry, marry us, then so I was just right in the yellow pages, you know, this is before anybody, <laughs> this is a long time ago. You could tell oh, yeah. there was, there was yellow pages still. So I found <laughs> a justice of the peace and we got married in the woods uh, for 50 bucks. I think it was. And the next night I go right back to camp. I was a camp counselor at the time and saving all my money to buy rings. Um, the rings I bought were used, <laughs> so they, some, <laughs> said something didn't work out for somebody else, but there are some really nice rings and we still have them. So, um, yeah. so anyways, yeah, I think, um, where I get to the shortbread, um, even before, you know, we got married, we would talk about it. I met her parents or, or yeah, I met her parents, met her grandmother. Um, they had a bakery on their horse farm up in um, upstate New York. And um, I saw the whole facility, um, ovens, mixers, a huge conveyor belt type packing machine, all on their horse farm, you know, a million dollar horse farm or whatever, multi-million dollar horse farm. And, you know, life circumstances happen, you know, they couldn't do both. So it was sort of on, uh, on hold, you know, she would do stuff seasonally. And I said, man, we could do this, honey. I'll, I'll quit school. So during that time where I took that year off, I was thinking I might quit school and just not finish and just go into baking and work for her mom. So <laughs> that was, you know, that was the idea. You know, I, I even my first year meeting her, you know, I, I was like, that's a far out thing. 
that her family does shortbread. You know, she had the box, her grandma's grandma's on the box. It's tells me the yeah. whole story that, you know, that I'm about to tell you just about uh, that. Basically they had, they had a shot to be uh, with Starbucks and other companies and just things just fell through, you know? Um, so it was very exciting to hear that. Um, but, you know, everybody told me to finish school. So I finished school. Um, so, but I, you know, I deviated a little bit. We got married, um, instead of finishing school and then getting married, um, got married, had a kid like six months later. I'm like in my third year finishing my, you know, my prereqs and my, um, my stuff for my actual major. And I'm bringing my baby into class, um, you know, cause Laura's at home taking a nap. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm getting extensions from homework cause you know, I got a baby, you know, so, yeah, you know, years, years go, I get desk jobs. I'm trying to do the thing where I'm like, okay, got to build up resume, got to stay here for five years, eight years, whatever. I finally get this job at this company called World Strides. And I'm thinking, okay, this could be a place I could stay. And I'm doing videography at the time. I, I started that company because I felt like the Lord wanted people to help churches um build out their facebook pages their you know social media i just felt like if people could see how cool church was or how cool church how cool our church was at least right um, <laughs> and other ministries in the area they might say okay this is not like a horrible place let me check it out because yeah um so yeah i just thought you know what churches need good videos good multimedia and this was like eight ten years ago before anybody was using Facebook as a business or anything. Right. And that's sort of where things kind of hit the fan for me there. I did a video, I was doing a documentary for uh, a couple of uh, some runners that would do Boston, bought the Boston uh, marathon. Mm -hmm. And so I was going to run the Boston marathon. Um, I was training for it. We lined up trainers. Uh, we lined up uh, a doctor. We lined up, uh, nutritionists and they were going to follow us to Boston. We're going to do the whole documentary. And uh, while I was doing that, I was doing little commercials for restaurants, all sorts of stuff. Just making some money, um, you know, best way I could doing weddings. And um, this big project though was going to be cool because I knew uh, the CEO of the company I was working for. It was a, a educational travel company. So I say to Jim, um, I say, Jim, let's do this video. I got a good idea, you know, and he's like, sure, let's do it. So the CEO does the video with me of this new product that they're coming out with a new type of educational tour that would go off in uh, South America somewhere for grad students. He liked it, sent it off to the media guy or whatever, the head, the VP or, or the president of the media, uh, I guess, of the company. And he's like, you know, he calls me up the same morning and I'm like, hey, um, I want to put his name. I'll call him Bill. I'm like, hey, Bill, what's up, man? And he's like, Bill, he's like, Anwar, not good, not good. I'm like, Bill, what's the problem, man? What's going on? You don't sound too good. And he was just like, you didn't get permissions to do that video or anything like that, you know? And it was, but he's like, you know, but Jim liked it. So we'll have a meeting and we'll, you know, we'll talk about, you know, what we can do in the future. So I told him all my ideas about having video, having videographers go on these trips, just having, uh, everything documented so you can start putting stuff on the website to, to, to compete with other companies that are doing the very same thing you're doing. And, uh, um, 
he didn't like it, you know? And so I never, we never had like a second or third meeting. I did a couple of videos for him. They were good. Everybody in the company liked them except for this guy. So I never could get a job in marketing, which is what I really wanted. So that, that's what ultimately pushed me out of there into doing business for myself. Now, four years into doing that business though, we're having, you know, our kids growing up, me and my wife are doing the, the videography thing. We're up late um, Saturdays. I'm up late Sunday trying to edit, trying to, you know, crank out a video because the bride thinks that the video should be quick, you know, and it, um, right. and, and that it should come out uh, just as fast as the photos do or whatever. Yeah, um, not really. And yeah, and it's just the way it works. I've done I mean, some even... videography, not on a professional level at all, but mm-hmm. just like the editing, even when it comes to podcasts or whatever, if I'm mm-hmm. trying to like put stuff together and especially with video and if you're doing it with music and trying to time things together, man, it could easily take two or three weeks. Like, you know, if you've got something else going on during the day or whatever, but I get what you're saying though. People think, oh, this is just easy. Like, no, it actually takes time and you have to put a lot of energy and effort into it. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I guess the the way it worked, and this is, I guess this is where God, you know, God comes into the picture, you know, looking back on it, everything was sort of um, being orchestrated to push us out the nest, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to work for a company for for my whole life, because I didn't think that, you know, I, I was like, you know, people that work for themselves, they never make any money. And there's no security in that. You want the security of a business to kind of carry you through. Uh, you know, you can get there nine to five, the check's there. You don't have to worry sure. about anything, but it never works out that way. Obviously, you get more responsibility, more money, uh, more hours are required of you outside of the actual place that you work at. Yeah. Um, and so I said to myself, let's take a shot doing this. So we did that for three, four years. Um but we weren't making, um, we were just making ends of meat, you know, and it was good money. And, you know, you could stack that up over time, you know, for sure. People do it. Videographers make good money, um, but you can't raise a family doing that. And so um, I was just looking, I was like, I'll never see my daughter again. You know what I'm saying? We only had one at the time, but, uh, you know, um, I, I just said to myself, this is not what I want, you know, for her and, my wife, you know, you know, I'm pulling her through this and she's so supportive and she knows this makes money, but you know, she needs her sleep too. So, um, we were thinking about a way out already. I was looking for other jobs, doing videography, other companies, you know, all three or four years I was doing this company. So, um, her grandmother comes down one weekend at a church picnic and she's talking to some lady who, uh, does bread at the Saturday market or whatever. Uh, Sheila Talbot and Sheila was selling her mixer, everything, all her equipment and her and her grandmother, I guess, got into her and Laura's grandmother got in a conversation because everybody's loving to talk to Laura's grandmother. Who's got a real thick Scottish accent. Mm-hmm. And um, so essentially, do you we, have a um, Scottish accent? Oh, it's so horrible. Um <laughs> I <laughs> haggis. <laughs> oh man! You knew I was going to ask you. I'm I like, know a, a wee bit yeah. of shortbread. Um, a wee bit of shortbread. Yeah, I know. You gotta like, you gotta put your like, I, like your decibel levels have to go up a little bit. Like, 
I don't inflection, know. I'm not the Scottish. Inflection, the inflection. It, the inflection. There you go. Yeah. And and honestly, it, it's it is um, one of my most favorite accents. Um, the Jamaican accent. That one's fun too. Um, yeah. That one I can do. Um, I was going to say, at any point <laughs> in the rest of this episode, if you just want to like just completely cut into just doing an accent, like I'm going to go along with you. It ain't even going to be like it's weird. Just saying. We'll okay. see what happens, man. <laughs> All, All right. right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, so your boy, um, he, what is, oh, yeah. So, so she's in there, you know, wheeling and dealing with this lady at a church picnic over her mixer. And so she gets us the mixer for $500. Now, we didn't know this until we got home. So when we get home, she's like, hey, uh, just let you know, you guys are going into the shortbread business. And we're like, what? <laughs> and she's like, I did not come to this country for you guys to be poor paupers. Um, oh. You know, because um, we weren't making a lot of money with the, you know, the, the video company and all that stuff. Um, so I said, okay, that's awesome. I've been asking you for the recipe for like 10 years, you know. Um and so she gives us the recipe. Uh, I think she comes back on a train like maybe a couple weeks later with pans in her suitcase, uh, <laughs> some heavy duty shortbread cutters that are like they're special made. Like the guy that made them is dead. Like you can't buy them on the market. Like they're welded together. Jeez. So the, like the blocks of shortbread you get, like they're made with a specific press like these two metal presses um, that she put those in her suitcase. So she comes down on the Amtrak with this stuff um, and she teaches me the recipe and she shows me how to do it. And we get a kitchen share. Um, it was like the only one that was open. Um, we got a kitchen share. We were sharing with like three other companies. Two of those other companies ended up being in Whole Foods as well. So it's kind of crazy how that worked out. Um, and we started at the markets. We started uh, Saturday market, or actually a Wednesday market, because the the people that ran the markets, they weren't sure if we were going to do well or not. We yeah. sold that the first market we did, I only baked a pan of shortbread because I wasn't sure. Um, and a pan? A, a pan. And 30, 32 blocks of shortbread come out on a pan. So, I mean, it was, it was going to be okay. But I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen. Let's play it safe. Sold out. You know, um, oh, yeah. maybe it was two pans, you know, maybe just a batch, you know, two pans or so. And I sold out. I was like, OK, that worked. This actually sells. And I, I don't even think we had a box at the time. We had like a stamp I got from Michael's. It was like a <laughs> like a green teapot on a big four by three label or something like that on a Ziploc bagged, like it wasn't even sealed properly. Like there was Ziploc right. bagged, you know what I'm saying? For like, they were like in bags that you put like crafts in or something like that. It was, it was so like shoddy. Um, like, it, yeah, it was so homespun, but the people in Charlottesville, they love homespun. Um, they love, they, they love people that will put themselves out there and, um, and, and do something that's unique. And shortbread is very unique. Um, it's different. Yeah. Um, so we sold out there. They said, Hey, do the Saturday market. And so I said, okay, let's do the Saturday market. Did that sold out almost every weekend. We'd sell out, kept making more selling out. It wasn't until we started getting to stores that we started to cannibalize our own profit at the markets. Um, 
And so we were at the markets for like two, three years. And along the way, we started getting into whole, we got into whole foods. The first year we got into whole foods and that was, that's a whole, you know, another story there. You know, we, it, I it see took what us, you did there. It took, it took <laughs> us, it took us so long to get into the store. But finally we were there and then we find out they're like, look, every store is different. And so like, you can't just cause you're in the region, the mid Atlantic region, which goes from Jersey to Kentucky, all the way out to Ohio, all of Maryland, DC and Virginia um, and um, Baltimore, you know, some big stores there. Uh, every store has to be, you have to be accepted by the grocery store, by the grocery uh, team lead or whatever. So I traveled, we traveled to every store we got into just about, um, and like maybe 50 stores. We had a demo at every <laughs> store. We had to sell out, you know, just to keep them putting it on the shelves. I would go up there with bankers boxes of shortbread. Um, uh, I got robbed one night cause I, I guess not robbed finance, like sub, substantially. I mean, they took Somebody all the Somebody robbed you for your shortbread. No, they robbed hey. me of my change and my console because I was in an apartment at Airbnb. Uh, we would stay, stay in Airbnbs and demo the next day. So we would go to the area demo. We would go find a little store that was next to the Whole Foods or a couple of them and sell the product there too so that we can get, gain a following in the area so people go to whole foods and then also go to like the local grocery store or gourmet store or gift shop store whatever it is um and they would they would see it there too and so kind of gain some traction in the area and we could always tell people like hey we're in whole foods and they say oh okay you know and sometimes they didn't like it they're like oh they're evil you know so um but i'm like you still shop there probably too but anyway so um we did that for years, just up and down the East coast, sleeping on people's friends, uh, couches, shout out to Carmen, Laura's friend. Um, you know, I've got an open invitation to sleep on her couch and my friend, Justin is so gracious as well. Um, let us stay in their house a bunch of times. And, um, all of our friends knew what we were doing. Her aunts and uncles, they're like, yeah, hustle, move that shortbread. So, you know, the first Christmas we're in there, we outsold 365 brand water, you know, um, just demoing, selling shortbread, you know, handing out little samples. I met so many awesome people doing that, um, all walks of life, old, young. Um, it, 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 you know, my daughter would sell too. Um, she would be in the Whole Foods stores. She was like six or seven demoing, selling shortbread. You know, she's got hustle too. And so going back to the first thing I started with, why is it so funny that I'm Caribbean and my wife's like based, I'm a first gen American, she's second gen. Um, every immigrant you've ever met, it's like, if they don't work for a company, if they're working for themselves, they've got like two or three jobs, especially Caribbeans, you know, like it's just the thing like Indians, Pakistanis, Africans, like we just have this drive, like we're going to make it in America, you know, like we're here, we're not going back home on the boat, like we're here to play. And that was sort of the mentality, even though I grew up in the suburbs, even though my wife grew up in you know really nice upbringing she had michael j fox and Whoopi goldberg out to the farm i mean like they were selling arabian horses for like a good penny and i grew up in the suburbs and um you know all my friends were white you know just about you know i had i had black friends on the basketball team in high school and middle school because you know schools merged so kids from other areas but for the most part my street you know what i'm saying there was only like three black families on on the street yeah. might be different now 
but that's all to say, like I was around different types of people and also had the understanding that, um, uh, you know, you got to connect with, with people from other walks of life. Like this is, um, you know, you're in a different country. You're not from here. Um, that was sort of the messaging I got growing up and, you know, you, you know, you got to love other people for who they are and you got to get along with these people that are different than you. You know, they might say things they, they might discourage you. Um, you might get called a certain word, um, which I have before, which sucked, but, um, yeah. I beat, I beat the kid up. I feel so bad about it <laughs> because we actually became friends after that. Um, nice guy. Um, but, um, and he didn't know any better is what he learned at home. But um, all that to say, at the end of the day, I felt like everything was preparing me for being a salesman and, and, and uh, running a team and, and um, I guess, helping people grow in their own gifting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like something that it's been a big part of even my own maturation uh, um, in our own business. Um, relationships are so important to where... I think it was one time we were up in uh, Pennsylvania staying on Carmen's couch again, or no, maybe a hotel this time. And Laura had this thought. She was like, and she's got this knack. She's got, she has dreams. I have dreams too, but when she has a dream or she has, she's in prayer and she sees something, it's like, it's like money in the bank, you know? Um, it's like, something's going to happen. I, I have the same thing happen to me, but it's in different ways. Um, I can see trends, I can see numbers, I can see sort of things kind of playing out into a certain direction. But um, hers was very direct. She was like, we need to go to the store and demo. So we go there. Long story short, the guy that there's a guy that comes by who is a QVC food buyer. And I guess relationships are important because we could have left. It was very not busy the second day we were there. It happened to be like sunny in Philadelphia. Like it was like the first day. That's the name of the show, isn't it? Um, It was like like that. Yeah. It was the first day of sun in Philadelphia and it was like Easter weekend. And so nobody came into the store. So we were like, should we go? We're like, no, we told her we'd stay. Let's just honor our word. You know, let's be people of integrity. So we stayed. So we were doing our demo faithfully and this guy comes over and he tries it out. And the lady runs the shop. She's like, "Um, do you know who this is? And I'm like, no, she's like, he's the food buyer for QVC. I was like, holy cow. So the guy was like, do you want to be on QVC? I was like, yes. He was like, can you ship this amount? I was like, yes. In my head, I was like, no, but you're going to make it happen, buddy. And so that, yeah, so we made it happen. So that's how we got on QVC. So Um, let me me interrupt you. So for people that may be in in our generation that does not know what qvc is because they don't watch um shopping channels like just briefly share what yeah. qvc is it's like hsn home shopping network uh people just um all sorts of people will be on their tech gadgets food um you know people are selling salami and cheese and selling nail polish and dresses <laughs> you know um, and everything in between home decor, outside decor. And it's usually older people that are shopping on there with, you know, their husband's credit card. Um, the main yep. demographic is women, uh, age 45 and it's getting better now. It's like 40 to 60, you know, to 70 yeah. and people that just have disposable income watching TV. And it's, so it's like, there's entertainment value in it. 
there's things you might not need, but there's things you can send your grandkids, you know? Absolutely. And, um, so and, a really good, like a fantastic gateway to get, like yeah. if you're inventing something or, you know, mm-hmm. this is like new on the market, like being on this platform and having it that widely exposed was huge for you. Oh yeah. So, it's a, yeah. yeah. It, it was a dream for some people. I mean, so much of the fact that the guy who was doing a demo next to me, he was talking about QVC that day and he was like, man, I would love to be on QVC. And I said to him, yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be cool. <laughs> I don't know if I would do it though. Cause I don't know if I can meet the demand, you know, and <laughs> here comes the buyer and he comes to talk to me and the guys next to me, like, what the heck, you know, like what the hell, you know, he's been pining to do this for years. Like he would come to this specific store because it happened to be that this lady that owned the store was on QVC too. But we mm-hmm. never mentioned it to the lady. We said we're never going to use our relationships, uh, like leverage them against people. Like, hey, can you do this thing for us? You know, hey, let, let's befriend them and be cool and then get this thing. Never yeah. was that. Um, uh, her name is Barbara King. Um, and um, her son actually babysat our kid one time, um, Ryan. <laughs> he ba- he's like a he's a single bachelor. He's got a nice sports car such a cool dude and he was just like yeah i'll watch your kids i was like honey should we have done that and you're like oh yeah ryan's good with kids so i was like all right <laughs> let's do it so we do our qvc training there while you know we got uh, her son watching the kids so it was like a family thing every time we even went to a whole food store it was like they loved our family they knew that i had daughters like they had seen them before even though like i traveled all these stores a lot of the time by myself they knew i had a family so I'd be like, hey, can you put us on the end cap? Or hey, can you put us here? Like, I see this product here. Like, can we just push this to the side? And they're like, I didn't see it. You know, so I'd go and like put my stuff on the middle of the shelf, primetime shopping, you know, time of the year, Easter, Christmas. Like they would cut so many corners for us because it was like each store had their own vibe. Even like before Amazon bought them out, especially each store had their own vibe. So there's so many, it was like the wild, wild west uh, it felt like to me, like you, like to get your product on the shelf, like you had to jump through some hoops sometimes, meaning I had oh, yeah. to demo extra hours. I had to I'd sometimes, um, you know, tell them I, I would get it there at a certain time. I mean, just all, it makes obscene promises that almost never happen, you know? <laughs> and, um, and so, but that's what every true business owner does, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I never, you know, and I always did. I said, okay, God, I can't tell a lie. I can't tell a lie. But I, you know, let me tell them this. You know, this thing. This is true, um, but it's not true yet. It's true next week. I can get them this much <laughs> next week. You know. <laughs> and so, you know, I would sometimes drive up there, go demo, sell out everything I had, drive back down, two hours, three hours, whatever bake that night go back up there then come back down do a saturday market that morning six o'clock and then maybe you know sunday was always a day that i didn't work but so that you know that that was my that was that was it until we got distributed we got a distributor we got uh uh planogram planogram just means that you're on the shelf in the store and you've got dedicated space because the regional team has given it to you so both of those things happened at the same time right after amazon bought out whole foods it was like the perfect timing because basically in the verbiage you can start to see that they were saying look if you are this type of seller 
and you don't have a distributor, then we might not be able to put you on these shelves if you're not within this radius. Like if you're not mm -hmm. local, local within 50 miles, then we might not put you on the shelf. And we were telling people we were local all the way up to Jersey, you know? So right. we were like, oh gosh, how's this going to work? And they were buying, they were like, yeah, sure. It's a good product. Put it on the shelf. So they didn't care. But once Amazon took over, the ball game changed. The back end of things was getting more streamlined. So we said to ourselves, well, we've got to get on Amazon first off. That's what I did because I was paranoid about them saying, well, if it's not on Amazon, it can't be in the store. So a lot of little things we were doing and all of a sudden it just happened. We got the distributor, got Planogrammed at the same time. Um, and there was still some more hoops to jump through. But that was, that was like our big, big, that was our big jump. Um, and then after that, QVC was our next big jump. And then um, after that, we started getting into nice size companies like Harney and Sons Tees. Um, we were still doing the local thing here in Charlottesville. So like, you know, there's, there's stores here that people will go to just for our shortbread and nothing else in the store. Um, cause they're, they're dedicated to us. We're dedicated to them. So we still do local deliveries. We still will ship, you know, we have our website, so I'll ship and I'll put little, you know, extras in there. I got to send you guys some shortbread, by the way. I'll I need put, some more. I need yeah, some more. Over. I got you. I got you. You gotta, you gotta send, look, send your address. Send your address. Yes. I will. I absolutely will. When we, when we get off this, I'm going to send you my, my address. Actually, I'm moving next week, so I might have to send you a different address. Okay. okay. But let me, I'm going to, I'm going to ask another question. Yes. Actually, I'm going to give a statement first. Mm -hmm. um, so as I said earlier, I don't know if I said this before we started recording or not, but um, I had tasted your shortbread before I ever saw your face. That's and so I, I mean, but I'm assuming that anybody else who gets your shortbread, if they order it online or whatever, that's the same. But knowing you now, I'm like, when my parents said that they got some shortbread from some random dude, mm -hmm. I was like, I just thought this was something you just like made in your kitchen as a hobby. Oh no. Yeah. Well, no, this is real deal. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd like, I just went ahead and, and fooled around and looked up on Google Allen's yeah. Scottish shortbread and, you know, there found you that you are like you are on Amazon. You're yeah. like literally the first thing. I didn't even finish typing in the Google search, and there you were. There you and go. And I was like, oh my gosh, so this is a big deal. Yeah, um, it's it feels like a big deal, but it, it it's still me with three or four older ladies who are old enough to be my mother. Um, you know, us baking in there. You know, um, <laughs> I you know the prerequisites. The joke is in the bakery at the prerequisites. You got to be a grandma. <laughs> um, to work with me, you know, um, and, you know, and rightfully so that I'm, I don't deserve to don't make it taste people. better. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're <laughs> so good to me. Um, they're the best. It, it's the best situation I ever could have. And that, you know, that's one of those God things, man. We've always honored relationships and they've, those people that work for me, I have relationship with, with their husbands or I have relationships with other pastors who said, Hey, you should have this person work for you. And this Lois, especially Lois, Sharon and Janice are, are my, you know, my ladies and Connie. Connie's the like she's the secret weapon. Like she uh she basically worked for a business like this up in I think it was Wisconsin at a huge facility, way bigger than what we have. And so she knows all the tricks of the trade. And so with those those four ladies, my wife and I have been able to build something that looks like it's a super big business. Um <laughs> So when like we just got fresh market last year, it, we actually tried to get in the fresh market, couldn't get in. Um, 
same with Costco. So maybe, maybe Costco's next. I'll speak it into existence, but fresh market, yeah. they called us, they, they found us out of nowhere. So, um, we are excited about that, but you know, the way they do business is like, okay, send us three pallets. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> you know, we've been doing pallets with whole foods, but they usually order like one or two, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So we're like, okay, let's, let's do this. So, you know, we made it happen. And it was like that with QVC. I think we did like four pallets for them. But um, and four pallets is about how many individual boxes of shortbread? Uh, so th- the one pallet that I, the three pallets I sent to Fresh Market, I think there was like fifteen hundred units or something like that. Uh, fifteen hundred cases. Sorry. So there's twelve in a case. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and do all the math on that. Because yeah. Yeah. And, no, and, they, they were know, as tall as I will. I, I was. The pallets well, were as tall these as I little, was. The little boxes are about the size of your hand, like yeah. from, from palm to finger. They're very small. They're individual. Yeah. Um, Very easy to eat. I didn't think I liked shortbread. I, I ain't going to lie with you. I did not think I liked it until I had it. And my mom gave it to me because she knows that my favorite like comfort drink is London Fog tea like a london fog latte or whatever with the earl gray tea the lavender and the vanilla so she got me this earl gray and i was like oh man like this is so easy to eat it's it tastes good it's good with like with actually drinking london fog tea because when i'm at saint francis i am drinking earl gray tea around the clock um but you know, before we like get off this episode, because I feel like you know th- we're gonna have multiple episodes. I can go ahead and tell. There's a lot of facets about you that I want. There's a couple. Into. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, wow, I didn't even get to this part. This part's yeah. cool. But, well, we're gonna yeah. have we're gonna have multiple. But I do want to to talk about you know when I'm not gonna say if, but when people they get on Amazon, they get online, you know whatever it is, they can find you on Facebook, Alan Alan Scottish Shortbread, find you mm-hmm. on Amazon, whatever. Um, and they order these and they're going to be looking at this box and they're going to be like, Oh, it's these little bunnies. Yeah. Like what is the significance of the bunnies? And then there's a story on on every box. So give me, give me a little snippet of of what that is and the significance of it. Yeah. yeah. So Laura is an English major. Um, she's writing a book right now, actually. She's in California. Uh, she's in California now. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Oh wow. We felt like the Lord told, told she, heard a word and went out there and the Lord okay. like, go out there, finish your book and all that. So and I, I prayed too. And I was like, I feel like you're supposed to go too. So she'll be back Tuesday. Um, so she's a writer and all those boxes have individual stories. The front of the boxes actually have bunnies on them, which actually are our family. So the black mm-hmm. bunny on the box is me. And then every time we had a new <laughs> flavor, we would add it. Or if we, let me go back. Every time we had a new baby, we would have a new box. Oh, or yeah. if we or if we had a new flavor, we would change the design up. We're done with having kids, so we're still we're still making boxes. We just came up with a chocolate chip with uh, the UVA rotunda on it or whatever. Um, but anyways, the the bunnies come from her childhood. So Beatrix Potter was her childhood just about. She had the she had the cups, the glasses, the the you know the 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 china. She had the the drapes, the the blanket, all that stuff. Her grandmother Scottish, so. Over there, uh-huh. you know, you give your kids Beatrix Potter stuff. So um, that we we thought to ourselves, if we came up with a company and a logo and all that stuff, we would want it to be timeless. And we looked at, you know, for instance, you look at um, Uncle Ben's rice. I'm not sure if he's on the box anymore because of 
cancel culture or whatever you want to call right. it. Right. Like Aunt Jemima. I'm like, how can you not have Aunt Jemima on the pancake box? <laughs> Come on. I know. Or or <laughs> the Land of Lakes, you know, like they took her off the, you yeah. know, the Native American girl. But um, I, I said, you know, it's got to be timeless and we can't be on the front of the box. Like I'm going to get older. Like we're going to, you know, and who's going to buy short bed when there's a black dude on the box? Like they're not going to know what the heck's going on. Um <laughs> Because I tell people I, I bake the shortbread. They're like, no way. You know, well, tell the people that own the company. They do it a good job. You know, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I never I never would correct people because I'm like, look, they're buying the shortbread. I could care less. Right. Um, but I, I just always thought it was funny. But anyway, so, yeah, it, it's um, it's got an old timey feel to it. The the bunnies in the box, you know, that's they're originally drawn. Um, suit, shout out to our first artist, Cole Ordell, but our our artist who is like our mainstay, Susan Shea. She was a student at UVA, and and she's as awesome. She does all our artwork, um, and I put the boxes together, um, design them, and all that stuff. So. Um, yeah, they come from Laura's imagination. The only box that I had a huge hand in creating was the Earl Grey box. Um, that was just something, I, you know, so he's there, you know, smoking a pipe. He's chilling, reading the paper in their, in their little rabbit hole den. Um, yeah. and, and I loved Earl Grey. You know, I loved citrusy type stuff. So that was just my, I was like, let's do this flavor. And um, at the time we came up with lavender as well which is an awesome flavor as well but at the time it was sort of competitive because that was her box you know she she had done all the other boxes and that one was coming at the same time so it was a little bit of a competition to see whose would sell more so when i sell shortbread i always push the earl gray because <laughs> i'm biased to it <laughs> but um they're all awesome 10 10 or 11 flavors all with grandma's recipe laura's grandmother is straight up scottish so we learned the recipe that laura's grandmother actually ate when she was a kid so it was her her mother was actually making it too so they always had uh, shortbread in the pantry so yeah those are the boxes yeah well i have a feeling i have a lot of listeners that are going to be wanting to to try this so i'm excited to yeah. hear how they enjoy it because I need to order some more. And if you want to send me some for free, I will not. I will. Post, I will do but, that. But I will absolutely buy it as well. Um, and I'm going to tag everything in the show notes um, where people can find you, you know, as an individual. I'm on Facebook or Instagram, whatever social media platforms you're on. Um, are you on Instagram? Do I already follow you? We're, yeah, Alan's, Alan's shortbread. I can make sure I get that to you. Alan's shortbread does have Instagram. We have Facebook. Um, we haven't been posting as much this last couple months. Um, but yeah, we're, we're definitely on there. You can check out the family. Um, you know, we're running deals all the time as well. Uh, so we'll, we'll put those on there. Um, yeah. so yeah, we're out there. Good. All right. Well, I'm gonna put all that on the notes. And you know, when I tag you on social media, I'll do that. And um, do you agree to being on more episodes? I do. Yeah, I just felt like, you know, because I wanted to bless people. <laughs> what I really wanted to do was talk about just creating opportunities for business or creating opportunities for your passion. Absolutely. And and how God comes into that, because I, I believe God had a hand in everything that we that happened to us and and with our business. None of it when we've been asked, what what did we do? You know, m most people might say, okay, well, here's a 10 step. And if you do this, this will happen. But none of it was that way from the get go. Right. And so everything that we've done, that's been, there's been ins inspiration and, and, 
you know, there's been passion and drive from us, but I, I think it, it's a God thing. And so uh, that, that is something I would like, you know, I would love to talk about. Well, I will be glad to have you on anymore. So is there anything else though, that you want to mention about the shortbread uh, specifically? Um, we wrap up this about the shortbread you know what i i just think if, if anything if if people would walk away with anything about the shortbread especially um it, it's it's to share it's to gift mm-hmm. but it's also to in, enjoy with your loved ones it's or to enjoy quiet and solitude and to, to enjoy time itself i think mm-hmm. um we move so fast as a country as a as a generation, um, shortbread itself, it's, you know, you have it with tea, you know, you can have a coffee, mm-hmm. obviously, in the morning and all that. But typically, you're taking a breakout to eat a snack, which is not, it's, a, it's not a, it's not a necessity, you know, but what we're finding or what I what we're what we know now as a culture is that it actually is a necessity to take time off for yourself or take time out from the business of life. And, um, that's what it's about, you know, um, you know, taking the opportunity to enjoy the things that are around you and the people that are around you. Cause, um, you know, we, we, you go so far into whatever you're doing, you might miss it all, you know? So it's very important to just be grounded, um, yeah. and enjoy, enjoy this life. So anyways, I love that. It's so beautiful. I, I heard recently something about like, cause I, I'm getting more into drinking tea than I am coffee and mm-hmm. it really is like coffee is that thing that you kind of get on the go, you know, go through a drive through. It's yep. to, you know, get your energy up. It's to get you through the day, get you through a shift or whatever. But tea is such like, like, let's just take a time to like sit down, enjoy mm-hmm. it for a little bit. And shortbread is for that. So exactly. I am in full support of you. And I, I completely 100% get where you're coming from with that. And um, I love hearing the backstory and you know, when people do go to order this now and they go to, to eat it and they're actually seeing the box, they're knowing the family behind it. They're knowing the the crazy series of events that it took to get to where it is now and where you guys are now. It just it just makes the taste richer, I think. Yes. <laughs> like, A lot of like history. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just so much. But um, but I've got a couple of rapid fire questions for you. If you yeah, got throw like, them out. I got all the seconds. T- all the time. I'm here. I'm here. All right. So, uh, yeah. Okay. What is the last thing that made you cry? Oh gosh. Um, the last thing that made me cry, I was. I think I was worshiping. I was listening to worship music or something like that, and I think I just had this sense that like. Um, there's nothing I have to do for God to love me. Like there's mm. like the father loves me, uh, irregardless of my victories, my shortcomings. He reminded me of David actually, and how David wasn't actually the best King. Um, he broke, le- he broke more rules than Saul did, but he loved the Lord. And he just wanted to be in his presence. He just wanted to know him. And that, you know, I just cried because I was like, I don't deserve, um, I I don't deserve any of what I have. Um, The beautiful girls I have, uh, the wife who has helped me become 
who I am now today. Um, I'm so, so immature when I first met her. <laughs> She'll tell you um, my pickup line was horrible. Um, <laughs> and there's just so many things, you know, that in that moment just came all full circle in that 20 minute moment where I'm sitting there worshiping, uh, you know, the Lord has plans for me um, that he's constructing and there's nothing I can do about it. It's, it's cause he loves me. And that, that, that got me, you know? Mm. Um, but anyways, yeah. Well, yeah. In the next episode, we're going to get more into the faith and spirituality yeah. aspect of everything. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, what's the last movie you watched? Oh, let's see. I think I took my daughter to see quantum mania. Um, and um, usually our dates. Yeah. We do movie dates, our, me and my teenager. And um Sorry to see the Marvel Quantum Mania. I'm into time and science and um, mm -hmm. a lot of spiritual aspects there too. <laughs> you can imagine, um, but yeah, I love the way Marvel creates a story um, that's just very immersive. And there's a lot of things in there that, as as a as a humanity, we're coming into technology wise and understanding wise about our world and you know the world we live in. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's cool. Well, and, and this last question could be, you know, for, for current, um, like present tense, or it could be something futuristic, but mm -hmm. if you could travel anywhere in the world right now yeah, or in the universes known and unknown, <laughs> where would it be? Um, wow. That's a tough one. There's two, there's yeah. two, they're both historic. One is to hang out with Enoch, actually. Um, and he was before the flood. Um, mm -hmm. There's not much spoken about him, but <clears throat> he was one of two people that went up into the heavens without dying, um, him and I, uh, Elijah. Yeah. And he, it fascinates me because there was no Bible then at the time. And he just had such uh, a relationship with the Lord that he you know, he was a, he had the ability to go up. The other person is Jesus. Obviously um, I would like to hang out with him during that three year period where he was discipling and um, mm -hmm. doing his ministry. That would be awesome. Um, Cause you get to see it like up close and personal, him walking through walls, him healing people, him on the water or, or whatever he you know, not everything's recorded. I'm sure it was way other, you know, other crazy things that was going on surrounding him you know so yeah, yeah that's yeah so i mean good it, yeah i don't know that of, of all of the guests that i've had i don't think any of them have uh said anywhere in past tense it's always been like where they want to travel as far as a city or a country but mm -hmm. i knew with you i was like i'm gonna make this a little bit broader like <laughs> yeah. even if it required time travel like what like what would it be so such time travel answer. Yeah, yes. that would be tough. 200 years from now would be interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want to. There's <laughs> a lot going to be going on then. Yeah. Well, Anwar, thank you so much for being on this episode. And I look forward to our next one or our next two or three or, you know, whatever. I'm down. Um, yeah. You have a podcast as well. Uh, Kingdom... Kingdom Revival is the Kingdom podcast. Revival. I yes. had a YouTube channel. I have one. I've had some videos get like 5,000 hits or views, but I've gotten two strikes on YouTube for talking about the elections. So, oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> so that might not happen, but I definitely, will, I definitely will continue to have the podcast because Spotify is awesome 
and they're very they allow people to speak their mind so that's good cool good awesome man all right well i look forward to seeing you again and eating some more of your shortbread and talking to you soon um and thank you again and thank you for everybody (laughs) thank you um and thanks for everybody listening to another episode of church talks bye peace Hey, before you guys leave and start listening to another episode of Church Talks, could you take 10 or 15 seconds and just go on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening and click follow or subscribe or like or the plus sign, whatever it is where you're listening. Uh, That would mean a ton to me. And that way you'll never miss episodes when they're coming out on the weekends. Thank you so much, as always, for listening and supporting and subscribing and following. I love you guys so much.